Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. Hello, and good Monday. This is September the 5th. 2022, episode number 104, NPR, OPB, Lies and Deception Being Put Forth as Truth. When I left on Friday, I said that I would have something interesting to tell you on Monday about NPR. Well, it's Monday. <laughs> And as usual, and as is what is typical, we're not going to hold any punches here. So, um, I heard something and uh, this sparked my uh, interest in putting this information out to you because I was... Frankly, I was I was just so pissed off that I just said I, I can't take this and and so this is what this um, particular episode's all about is the uh, the bullshit and deception of NPR and in this case Oregon Public Broadcasting. So there you have it. Uh, one thing to understand, and this is a there's a common misconception. Um, that um, NPR and, uh, in my case, for my particular state, OPB, but I'm sure the same thing can actually be applied to any other state as well, is that, you know, these guys are, they're um, perceived as these extremely liberal, um, extremely sickeningly sweet and wonderful and intellectual uh, apologetic uh, gee I don't I don't know I don't know what terms exactly come to mind and, and for myself I refer to them as extremely saccharine and sweet and ultimately by that reason very disingenuous but I'm telling you is that the reality is, and maybe, maybe I should stipulate. Um, once upon a time, 
you're talking about a longtime listener, lover, and believer in NPR. And for me, when the when the knowledge, when when the veil of deception was lifted was a number of years ago, because I started knowing noticing these uh, incongruencies, and it was like, what? Wait a minute, that contradicts. And there was this other story. Well, that contradicts. And then there was these actions that they had taken. And I said, wait a minute, that contradicts your mission statement. Yeah. So, are you ready for this? Hold your breath. Take a deep laugh. And get this. This is important. I mean... Really, I'm hoping some of you will fall up, fall off and out of your chair laughing, but something that was stated, because it was, many years ago, um, was that the, uh, that NPR was a, uh, basically a proto-fascist, um, organization, and ironically, of all things, this came from the right, <laughs> the so-called right. <laughs> that was several years ago. I believe it may have started with Rush, uh, Rush Lintballs, as I called him on air. Um, of course, he's he's gone now. But um, yeah, so you know, it's. Things are worth investigating and checking out. And, you know, if you can get away from, if you can uh, stop identifying yourself, if a person can stop identifying with partisan politics and simply break segments of things down um, where they conceivably could be true. Having the courage to do that is what, at least what I did. And I'm suggesting that maybe if you folks would be interested in doing the same thing, because I'm not saying it's not this kumbaya moment. It's not, I'm not about kissing ass and reaching across the aisle. I don't believe in any of that shit. It's all bullshit. I don't believe in it. Okay. But what I do believe in is intellectual honesty. And if anyone, especially right now, especially currently, anyone wants to say that NPR is just this, oh, just hopelessly, helplessly saccharine with these cherub-like individuals that are almost... Sesame Street-like in their characterizations of themselves. And actually, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, this, this organization represents neoliberalism at its finest. That's it. That is in its totality, I'm telling you. Now, I have what I think is a more accurate word for what they do. I refer them as 
neo-fascist. That's my opinion. Because if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, well, I guess you figured it out. So anyway, when you're looking at if you even care, if you have the time to consider and care about where we are collectively as a society, there are so many places that it stems from, that it starts from, and some of them can appear to be so harmless, perhaps even innocuous, and one of them, believe me, is NPR. And I have taken copulous notes of their programming, and particularly in the last three to four months. And I'm like, yep, there's definitely an agenda here. But <clears throat> two-thirds of everything that is screwed up with NPR for the moment I'm going to leave that blank we're going to get back to that okay all right I'm going to focus on one aspect that may be really overlooked and what I would ask you to do is you yourself Focus on this aspect of their programming just to see if whether or not my perceptions are accurate. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Just hear me out and, you know, make a mental note or hell, write it down, whatever you have to do. I was, um, I was, the other day, both amazed and appalled, but not surprised by the, the, the actual projectile vomiting of, of bullshit that was coming from them. And in this case, it had to do with talking to so-called young people and high school students across America as though, you know, a, a random sampling of the, the overall topic was potential threats to our democracy. Um, for instance, the, I believe the, the overarching um, episode contents were about what, once again, Papa Trump, who never, you know, the, the batshit crazy narcissist that the corporate media just love to endlessly parade in front of you. The reason of that is, to me, extremely self-evident, but let's just say he works very well as a diversion to our current real issues. More on that later. But anyway... What made me feel really sad 
was when I was listening to this, and this was taking place on Oregon Public Broadcasting, I didn't know exactly how to how to how to piece something so horrible. By horrible, I mean not talking about technically the technical aspects of what they did. As far as that was concerned, it was perfect. They were they were fucking flawless. But um, you know, I felt as though, in a sense, um, you know, you had a group of, of children, of babies, I don't know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and you put them together in a room, and the an interviewer was talking to the children and asking them, um, you know, what their opinions were on Santa Claus. Because that's essentially all I was hearing. Because when you have a dynamic that is completely contrary and counter to existing reality, but this is scary because you're an adult, and this would be like, what if you had adults gathered in a room and you had a person with no joke intended as an adult, as a reporter, as a journalist, asking them what their opinion was of the rumors. Can you imagine this? Yes, we have heard that there are rumors that Santa Claus is not real. Here's Donald Dickhead from Des Moines, Iowa, to give his his esteemed, uh, esteemed opinion on that. I, I was just, you know, now, granted, I'm not in any way blaming. They were uh, they were briefly, wouldn't call it an interview, just soundbiting kids, um, high schoolers. So I'm not blaming the high schoolers. By you know, high schoolers are kids, relatively speaking, and they know, or they at least, you know, they parrot and regurgitate what they've been conditioned and told over the years via their parents, via the system. So I get that. I understand that. What to me is sickening and unforgivable is the people, the so-called, which is laughable, the journalists, which actually by definition are actually propagandists, um, asking these inane questions to these kids and it it had every question had a circular um sentence now i'm going to say the sentence and you know those episodes they can they can be something that you'd see on i don't know the daily show or something but they've they've done this i don't there's a i think there's a term for it but i don't know but it's when a certain phrase that they point out in a hilarious way, that they show a clip and the same phrase is parroted throughout all the networks and and they just simply repeat the same phrase, but it, it's like 15, 20, 25, very quickly parroting the same exact phrase to hopefully demonstrate the irony 
of the very fact that it's being it's meaningless and it's being parroted. Okay, just picture that because that's what this was like, basically. And these kids were, you know, being asked, well, you know, should, you know, it's like, should, uh, should the, you know, presidents or ex-presidents, uh, you know, place in residence or in Mar-a-Lago and should have been, you know, uh, searched by FBI agents and was this, uh, you know, a, a breach of trust with, you know, the American people and is this a good thing? Is it evil? It's a bad thing. And almost instantaneously, almost on cue, what happens is that because it's almost like a feeder thing that the uh, so-called journalist did and interviewing this some kid and saying, so blah, 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 and blah, 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 quack, 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 and quack, quack, quack. So, Tommy, do you feel that this is a threat to our democracy? This is that point that I told you about where it's the, the visual thing where every jerk off and jack off, you just keep repeating the phrase, our democracy, our democracy, our democracy, our democracy, our democracy. Well, obviously a threat to our democracy, our democracy, <laughs> fucking on and on and on and on. And that right there, that is what I'm talking about. That in particular because that is the uh, lies and deception and utter bullshit and ultimately propaganda put there by the neo, what would you call it? Neoliberal fascist media. Um, be, because from, you know, it's, it's stupid. Let me tell you why. You probably waiting on bated breath at least i hope you are because and this is in the words of pen Gillette, the great pen Gillette, who i have a great deal of respect for um in some old uh, episode of way back in a day of bullshit um he was like yeah asshole uh tattoo that backwards on your ass so you could see it in the mirror and if I could be as effective as him at screaming, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm not going to attempt to. We don't live in a fucking democracy. Make this a mantra. Write these words down somewhere. Make a mental note. Okay? Try it again. We don't live in a democracy. Okay? All right. You can't have something that is a threat to democracy if you don't live in a democracy. Now, you may say, well, what do you mean we don't? We, you know, we vote and we've got all these freedoms. Really? Really? What freedoms do you have? You have the freedom. Here's what you have a freedom for. Okay? Listen to me. You have the freedom to fucking work to sell your labor as low as it is, well, for the crumbs that they'll offer you. 
You can buy Pepsi or Coke. Uh, oh, yeah. You can vote. And there's your defense right there. You say, well, hey, man, we can vote. We vote. It's a democracy. No, you're confusing something. You're confusing an act with a actual state of being. Because, yes, while it is true that the act of voting is inherently democratic, great, fine, wonderful, no problem with that. But when the two primary parties, as you know, Dems or Repubs, are ultimately both the same principled oligarchs, okay? You live under an oligarchic system in reality. Now, technically speaking, I say technically, or in the famous words way back, which he at least closely stated, not verbatim, but it was pretty close to that effect. But it's the common thing of, of, of the story, the common one of uh, Ben Franklin being asked uh, by some woman, uh, um, cleaning lady or something, uh, what, what kind of government do we have, uh, Mr. Franklin? And supposedly he stated we have a republic if we can keep it so in very technical terms we have a republic we have a republic we have a constitutional republic or at least we had because that shit went out the window not long after we had the Constitutional Republic, hence the reason the consternation from Ben Franklin when he said, if we can keep it. Well, guess what? They didn't fucking keep it. Okay, okay. Didn't keep it. Don't have it. That's not where we currently are, and it's not the way we live. You live under an oligarchy. That means government that is controlled by the rich and powerful. Okay? Okay. The ones who run this, congressmen, senators, president, all those guys, are called plutocrats. Plutocrats support the system, well, that supports them. <laughs> and it supports them quite well. Just ask Nancy Pelosi, worth over $425 million dollars. Guess what? She didn't exactly get all that by being honest and having a lot of integrity. Okay? All right. Okay. You live in a plutocracy, or an oligarchy, rather, and the government's controlled by plutocrats. So the point is moot about anything concerning government and voting. Your voting is irrelevant. Except the only exception is on the very local level. On a local level, yes, it can have some meaning. I'm talking like, say, maybe at the max, we're talking city council and maybe to the memorial level of being when you're the mayor. Um, yeah. 
But even that's kind of pushing it. And the reason is, is, is very simple, is especially from the level of government and the money connections with all this, you take orders from headquarters. And headquarters is the federal government, okay? And in turn, that way, since we live in a actual oligarchy, uh, the federal government takes their orders and they take their orders from the plutocrats, the owners of, the, of this country. They tell them, that's right, they do. They tell them everything from fiscal policy and, yes, including social policy. So they, of course, will completely deny this. Well, of course you would. It's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm Senator so-and-so. You're not shit. <laughs> if you want a good, if you want to see two things, if you want to see, one, an excellent movie, an old movie, I would check out Miller's Crossing. Just, it's an excellent period, 1930s movie, excellent. And see what happens in this movie. And this is actually pretty true to the case in, in 1930s, uh, say in you know Chicago and whatnot, where you know the mob ruled. Well, nothing's really changed, really. Mob still rules, except they are corporate heads. You know, it's it's changed, but it's exactly the same. But look at the scenes in that movie which are absolutely not only historically accurate, but if you want to see the interaction between a governor or a mayor and the chief of police and what the police do and what they don't do. In other words, the son of a bitch who says, jump, and you say, how high, sir? If you want a demonstration of that, and how to this very day, there's nothing different. It's the same old, same old. Watch that movie. Watch how the different kingpins interact with the governors or the mayors or the chief of police. In that respect, I'm telling you, nothing has changed. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So when you when you consider the fact these propagandists these these basically these uh, oh god I could I could think of some really foul language to describe them but uh, these so-called these pseudo journalists interviewing children and all the kids just like screaming little goddamn parrots saying so what I think you know the fact that. Uh, the FBI was searching, you know, Mar-a-Lago for the ex-president. But, you know, as far as how this affects our democracy, and it was, again, like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. But the key word, our democracy, our democracy. And 
The journalist was feeding them this. So how do you think that affects our democracy? You see, and you you will hear this phrase. It's not just, it wasn't just that with the kids. It is constant. In other words, think about this. When they make that statement, there is a supposition. A supposition is being made that, of course, well, it's ubiquitous. It's it's our democracy. What do, what do you mean? I, mean? I don't understand. Of course, it, the supposition is that we live in a democracy. And I'll tell you once, twice, 5,000, 100,000 times, based on the available evidence... We do not live in a democracy. Stop it, get over it, and stop that connection. Because, I'm going to tell you why. Once you do that, once you understand that we live actually in a oligarchy or plutocracy with a few, I say a few, remaining democratic elements, then all the crazy, crazy that's going on around you, it really begins to make sense. It really does. It's not like something you can't wrap your head around. Again, I know it sounds old-fashioned say, follow the money. Because it's only about one first and foremost thing, and it doesn't matter what they try to tell you. Well, this is about public safety. Horse shit. It's ultimately about someone's profit. And I mean big time profit. And if you want to see, if you want to see massive police involvement for the safety, ordering to shut the, try to shut down anything. Watch the cities, watch the places that interfere with their commerce. That call for something that is needed that I'm only going to mention once in this broadcast. What's needed to end all of this, not making it perfect, but a huge improvement would be direct democracy. This is where quite literally your vote, it's not under any kind of representatives. Your vote directly determines the outcome of a rule. Whether or not this, uh, you know, this amount of funding goes to X amount of money for the military. How much are we going to build a a, a uh, some sort of home homeless? Uh, a uh, center or shelter for for the homeless people you know things bread and butter things earth-based things for those people us the peons that used to be called that were formally referred to as citizens that matter that really matter not for stock market points and commodity measurements, but for doing things that are required and necessary for a functional society, not for the elite. So, I, uh, I was really saddened by this, and 
it just, it went on and on and on. And these kids were sincere and heartfelt. And it was really sad because they, you know, within not realizing, not knowing, not understanding. That's why I am broadcasting this. And I would please ask if you have a kid out there, friend, family, anyone, you love them. And you think it's a remote chance they might be interested to wake them up now. Please have not listen to this old guy. I can bring them up to speed. Because somebody's got to. I got to try something here. <laughs> and it's not the kid's fault. It's like, you know, it's almost like the analogy of who's actually dumber, the fool or the fool who follows a fool. And, uh, but I was just, I was extremely pissed off at, um, as I often am at NPR and the huge disservice that they do not only to the average American, but then targeting the children because the narrative that NPR in turn has been handed down is it is, it is absolutely as far as propaganda is concerned. Okay. The, the, they have only, they have only dramatically increased their technical abilities in this respect, okay? In other words, it's since the 40s, they have learned the psychologists, social psychologists, then there's the technology, of, obviously, of cell phones and smartphones and everything else that, you know, most kids are obviously on and plugged into. But these people are masters at manipulation and there's only me little old me <laughs> um but if there's even one of you out there that understands where i'm coming from and you've got a kid in your life whether it be your own kid or grandkid or whatever and um say hey you know take a whopping half hour out of your busy life to hear something that can change your life. Because um, I was so disappointed, hurt, but it's nothing new for me with the, with the lies, rhetoric and bullshit of NPR. And uh, what I, to go back to a point that, that I drifted away from, I'm sorry, but I'm saying all they did was take many of the playbook pages from Nazi Germany as far as propaganda and indoctrination and incorporate those with modern uh, techniques and technologies. That's what's been done. And... As the Nazi uh, Joseph Goebbels said, the best way to convince the people, the masses, the cattle, is to take a lie that you know is a lie, but you relentlessly repeat it everywhere, constantly, and just eventually they believe it. I know that. I'm aware of that. 
So I'm, I am attempting as best I can as just one person to uh, bring this to your attention because many, many years ago, an old guy did it for me and it did change my life incredibly. It was an incredible change in my life and it set me on the path of um, healthier thinking, let's say. And um, so that's, that's primarily it as far as that's concerned. Um, yeah, NPR, <laughs> NPR, NPR is not your friend and they're, and they're not so liberal. They're not so sharing and they're not so caring. Um, by the way, for a place that touts itself when they, when they come around to beg for money every year. And the funny thing is, is that, uh, they just constantly, you know, kissing your ass and just, oh, oh, how breathtaking this is and how earth shattering and how this will change the world and horseshit, 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 horseshit all over and over and over again. But you know what? What many people don't know, and I'm, I'm not talking everyone, but I am talking the big, the big names, the big uh, names on NPR you know, the broadcast people. Well, guess what? They make unbelievable salaries. I mean, and I mean, I'm trying to say unbelievably disproportionate to the value that they offer, despite the lies and bullshit they tell you. And this is the only kind of reporting that you're going to hear here at NPR because we really care. We care about you and that blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I have you, as you probably guessed it out, I have a few more words stored up about NPR. But. As far as this uh, American democracy is concerned, don't believe that horse shit for a moment and the flag waving. And if there's any of you young folks, you know, I don't know, 17 to 70 or whatever you are, you're listening, just try listening to this, this banter. Understand that it is one of the most sickeningly elitist organizations currently out there because the people for instance talking about poverty these are people that have never experienced real poverty in their life okay So, anyway, I hope that that was helpful. And what else can I say? Um, I've already said, the intro said what to do. You know what I want you to do? 
and love to hear from you leave a comment and uh gonna come back on wednesday and i might surprise you with that i got a couple of things stewing and just haven't made up my mind so at the moment quite honestly it's a I don't know. It's a mystery. But, hey, that'll be part of the fun, right? Because that's it. You don't know what's coming down the pike. And sometimes that's fun. Hey, everybody. Before I wrap things up, I just wanted to give you this little message about the contest. When you go to my website at theearnestmanshow.com and go on the comment section, you can actually leave a comment about anything you want whatsoever. After all, this show is not about me, it's about you. And I really want to know what it is you want to talk about. So please, fill something out, let me know exactly what you want to talk about, and that is exactly what we will talk about. Other than that, all I can say is I hope you had a good day today. And I hope we all have a better day tomorrow. Take care.